up in a tauntaun farm I wanna buy a planet Maybe take over Yavin 4 Which everybody knows is one of nine moons that orbits Andor I wanna kill Han Solo I will rebuild the Death Star Make it super modern Put a cheesecake factory in I really like their skinny-licious menu I'm not just saying that right now I order the skinny-licious turkey burger And their bread is super good I wanna kill Han Solo And by the way, I'm hungry Not just for love, but to make Relationship with a droid Like the one I never had with my dad I wanna be self-employed I wanna touch a saber so bad I'm trying to be a good father To my daughter So I'll murder this man I wanna kill Han Solo Well, how about that? Guess what? We just did the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. Yes, um, we shook up the theme song. We did. Mm-hmm. How about you guys like the little taste, a little something new? We wanted to throw you a curveball today, courtesy of our guest, and he's going to be talking he's about the song. Be talking all about it. thinking, mm-hmm. you know, since we had kind of a curveball of a movie that we're going to get into, we will. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you're listening to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 421. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome new citizens to this universe. Welcome people that have been listening to us from day one. Um, yeah. Hello, all of you. Yes. Hello, Sandy, big fan, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> haven't given you a shout out in a while. No. Everybody out in the, in the world. You know. Aaron at the gymnastics studio in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's all sorts of people around listening. The Hanson brothers, come yes. on! It was four years ago we were started. We were uh, Andrea in the uh, in Japan yep. as well. It was four and years ago Andy. that we that we were uh, shooting um, earbuds. God, was it that long? It was four ago? years ago. Wow. Maybe it feels longer because it took so long to finish. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it was just like oh, it was like a year or two ago. Yeah, no, it was yeah. Four. It was yeah. four years it ago. It really feels like that though. I'm like oh, we just went to Japan. Like it was like two years ago, no. right? Like 2014, we were in Japan. Wow. Yeah. That's too long. It is. Mm-hmm. I might be going back this back. summer. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Mm. So let's do it. Let's talk about it. You guys have been uh, like, hey, what's what's going on with the... You guys haven't talked about Solo yet. So, uh, well, we, we had a nice Batman Ninja spoiler. Um, some great feedback on Twitter about that. Uh, somebody was like, oh, I didn't think it was that too bad. And somebody was like, I saw it and I was angry. I hated it just as much as you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> that... Listen to the Batman Ninja spoiler. Yeah. I really, God, I wanted to like that movie. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to introduce our first time guest. First time guest. And a uh, very special guest because uh, he has a show, a musical right now called Solo Must Die about uh, someone on the Death Star who wants to kill Han Solo, as you heard in the, uh, in the opening song. Ladies and gentlemen, also an actor on the uh, show Scorpion, 
was an actor on the show Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Chris. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Shows get canceled. That's yeah, not disappointing not, at it's all. It's not your fault. No, it really it's, is. It's not like you did not a racist tweet. No, no. <laughs> Thank God, no. No, that ain't yeah. me. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first time guest, Ari Stidham. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. So, so now, Thanks for having me. Clearly a huge Star Wars fan. Yes. So tell us about the musical that you put on that just finished its run oh at the uh, Hudson Theater yes. in Los Angeles. Uh, and I saw it and it was fantastic. It was thank hilarious. Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Thank you for... You brought more than just yourself. To I so did. I brought the entire that. family oh. and Neil, which is he's kind of part of the family. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is he just, you should just move in, right? Yeah, like pretty much. Just, Neil, I mean, save the rent. It's, you know, it's once we uh, move all the t-shirts, that's where he's going to go. <laughs> Neil's going <laughs> to... So more reason for us to get our own office yeah, space yeah. so that Neil can finally live in the garage as yes. he was meant to do. Yes, yeah. He's like, oh, every time he comes in, there's always that aside of like, oh, he's still got a lot of t-shirts oh, in here. Boy, yeah. you guys could certainly... Well, but... At least you have a fridge, but oh. come on. God, if you got rid of the t-shirts, it should be, would be plenty of space for a single guy. Yeah, right? yeah, for a bed and a desk, that's all I that's need. All I need. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of those beds on top and desks on yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> You can, you can really make good use of the space. I had one of those when I was in my 20s. Of course. Yeah. It, it's a space saver. Bed on desk is yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only way Ikea stays in business. Bed on desk. So, uh, so Ari, tell us oh, about the show. Yes, yeah, Solo Must <laughs> Die. Uh, takes place right after New Hope. It paints Han Solo. We call him Prime Cut Han. Mm-hmm. It's pre-carbonite. You can see the pit stains in some of the shots, you know, oh, wow. like that, that Han Solo. That's the one we really wanted to capture because we didn't know when we wrote it how Solo would do. So we wanted to have something for ourselves and for all of our friends who like Star Wars like us, um, sort of people in the fan fiction world as well, to have a version of Solo that we could get behind if people didn't like what Alden did or Ron or Chris and um, Phil, all the people who were a part of it. Uh, so... Temporarily. Temporarily. So <laughs> taking ownership of a character like that without anybody giving you okay to <laughs> was pretty brazen. Um, so we had to have a lot of tact. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea was essentially to take the story of Merry Wives of Windsor, which is Shakespeare's probably it's, – it's a really silly show, but it doesn't have a lot of depth to it um, – and use that for Han Solo and sort of make him this Falstaff character that everybody around the galaxy knows. And everybody's got an opinion about him, and he's got an opinion about himself, who he is, but he's put at odds with it after the events of A New Hope. So that's the basis of the musical, and then all the original music came from my friend Huey Stonefish and I, and we just got a really funny cast together of great voices. And And it was a big cast, too. You know, the Hudson Theater's not... Huge, right? But they had you had like six hundred people in your cast. Right? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the theater holds eighty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we wanted stormtroopers, right? <laughs> I mean, we just wanted we wanted more people. And there's the mm-hmm. I love I love that. Like I just want this. I can just yeah, see the meetings. Yeah. Wow, the budget, the theater. Yeah. The, I know I want with stormtroopers. Yeah, that's yeah. Just, yeah. just come on. I want, mm-hmm. It just made it made sense to us. We thought. Star Wars is a big thing. It's it's there's scope to all, all of the stories that are told in in the Star Wars universe. So there's no way we're going to be able to afford good costumes. There's no way we're going to be able to do it right the way that you do it in Star Wars. So you do a fan fiction story and you do more 
and uh, BB-8 was like a yoga ball with a strainer on top. <laughs> and um, all of the all of the droids were cardboard spray painted gold with like with like <laughs> Coke cans on top of it, so you could tell it. It, it felt really. DIY fan homemade put together homemade I, on purpose. That's a part of the. I fabric. well, I love that. I love that. I love that type of theater. Like I was in a sketch group for years, and we prided ourselves on shitty costumes. Yeah, like like who gets the crappy wig, and who's got the bad mustache, and who's gonna put some like? Where's the cop hat? We did, yeah, the cop hat. We did, we did a um, some type of when the prequels came out. We were doing this show in the valley called uh, Ten Degrees Hotter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a a <laughs> like a Jar Jar Binks character, <laughs> like a very bad uh, CG character, and all I did was just wrap Saran wrap around that <laughs> and I just shined around and moved all that's weird great. and awkwardly. I love that shit. Yeah, that's awesome. We we had Jar Jar in our show. It's one of our first jokes. The guy, it's there's a framing device on it. <laughs> With uh, no, I'm laughing at my own show like an asshole. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, these two dudes, they're fan fiction writers. I'm not close enough. These two guys, they're fan fiction writers. Um, and one of them says, "Will you read my fan fiction?" That's the framing device for the whole show. And the guy says, "I'll do it as long as there's no Jar Jar Binks in this story." So he starts crossing out Jar Jar Binks's name in a bunch of different pages. The show starts later on in the show. Jar Jar Binks shows up, but everybody calls him Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a nerd inside baseball very, joke. Love very that. inside baseball. <laughs> I love that. So we had a lot of we had a lot of jokes like that. Some jokes specifically in there for people who played Battlefront, like Yavin Four jokes. Um, I don't know if anybody gets that. Yavin 4. Somebody out there is mm-hmm. laughing. One of yes. nine moons uh, that orbits Endor. It's in that mm-hmm. song. It'll be good. <laughs> you, you guys will get on Yavin 4's uh, the, the train at some point. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. And I don't know. I We're definitely doing it again. It's not right. dead. We have the music recorded and we have the script written. And it'd be good to get a smaller cast to do it to mm. see if that could work. But no. Uh, we, we no. Yeah. <laughs> you need your stormtroopers. More stormtroopers. Stormtroopers <laughs> every time we see them. <laughs> and uh, are you going to release like the music on iTunes? Something yeah. like that? that we're going to upload fun. something to YouTube. But we're going to have a whole digital. You'll be able to experience the musical without having to come to the Hudson Theater right. last month. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. Let's get into it. All Solo, right. a Star Wars story. Uh, well, let me start. Okay, Chris. As you know, not a big fan of Ron Howard. So, yep. Um, Wait a second. Can I can I stop you right there? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> You're just not a Ron Howard fan. I'm not a Ron Howard fan. I'm gonna process that for the rest of the show. Okay. That's the first thing I gotta process. Uh, Are you a Ron Howard fan? Yeah. It's so, our thing. He, yeah. Uh, but, he's, he really likes Terrence Malick. I think all of his movies are long and boring and. Uh, I like Ron Howard. You, so, can't, you can't even... You, you got to give it up to him for some stuff, though, right? Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, a bro- broken clock is right twice a day. So, <laughs> this is, Wow. This is an age-old age beef yeah, that is yeah. being brought up. All right. So, uh, now I'm going I'm I'm to let you go, sir. For, and, <laughs> no, no. I think I, it's fair for you to ask these questions, yes. sir. And I've always said that you know Ron Howard is aggressively mediocre. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Oh, shots so, fired, <laughs> Ronnie! <laughs> and so coming up swinging. Yeah, yeah. this movie, America's sweetheart. And I, I will say, this movie uh, better than I thought it would be because wow. I had such low expectations. Nice job, uh, Winthrop. Yeah. So, 
So I really felt, but it was really the whole scope of this movie was a paint by numbers Star Wars movie. It's like, okay, we have to get this in here. We have to get this in here. We have to get this in here. And then nobody kind of paid attention to, well, maybe we should be telling a compelling story. No, that's last. And I was, I was looking through a lot of the um, trivia on IMDb, and I'd say a fair amount of the trivia was about how, um, you know, the original directors got fired. <laughs> So when Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were dismissed due to creative differences. Um, now, I don't know if this number is true or not. It's that Ron Howard reshot more than 80% of the movie. That's a lot of a movie to reshoot. So, yeah, that's, I mean, now it's a Ron Howard Now movie. it's a Ron Howard movie. Yeah, now it's Which not I'm Ron sure Howard coming like, into look, it. if you want me to come in and save this thing, right. I'm Ron Howard. I don't need the gig. But I'd like to see <laughs> the other, the, the first 80% that was shot. <laughs> Like whatever, where's that original eighty percent? Well, hopefully that'll show up on YouTube or some somewhere, some in the dark web somewhere. It has a lot less Clint Howard in it. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing I know about it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and uh, you know there there's some uh, great trivia like the Golden Idol, the fertility idol from the opening scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark can be seen on a table in the meeting room of Paul Bettany's character Dryden Voss. And um, also, um, Han is seen speaking to Chewie in the Wookiee language. This is the first time a non-Wookiee is seen speaking the language, as well as the first time the language is translated on screen with subtitles. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because I don't remember that in any of the other Star Wars movies. There not being subtitles under, like, Chewbacca or... It's a great piece of trivia. And and I'm thinking, yeah, but now when you think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. We never saw exactly what he was saying. It was always translated by Han Solo or one of the other characters, like the interpretation of what Chewie was always saying. Um, Okay. So so anyway, I will say this. I had very low expectations. I thought it was a paint-by-numbers Star Wars movie. It was empty. There was not a lot to it, but it was more entertaining than I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I, I had a, I had a similar like, okay, cool. The like the the little th- the, the the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs, like all those little things they put in there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wasn't furious at this film. Right, that's a good way to. Describe. I wasn't. I wasn't going to come in and just nerd rage it up. You know what I mean. And just stand up and go, this is heresy! Burn the theater down! They should put that on the poster. I wasn't furious about this film. <laughs> That's the quote from yeah. Graham Elwood. Um, and so I... I, I think... And I, I, have, I have an interesting take on this after having talked to a friend. So first and foremost, and we talked about it leading up to it, watching the trailer, mm. trailers, and it was confirmed by watching the whole movie, the kid was miscast, in my opinion. I just like, yes. I didn't buy him as a young Harrison Ford. And you know, I, Harrison Ford was not 5'6 when he was in his 20s. And I don't think he's always been a tall, swarthy dude. And I don't think it's the actor's fault for that, too, because I remember seeing him in uh, Hail Caesar and I loved him. I thought he was really funny. Uh, but, you know, if you're miscast, you're miscast. That means you're just not right for the role, no matter how well you do. I mean, I. I don't think he was horribly miscast. I think they could have found somebody far worse, you know. Sure. I I, I think could have been Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I mean like I wouldn't be surprised if that was he his, his Shia's was the first name on the list when they were casting it. Right. Um. So it it felt like they didn't even try to make him look like Harrison Ford. They tried to make him look like Emil Hirsch. And that's what I felt like when I was watching the movie. I thought his performance was great. 
I mean, I really thought he did everything he could do to play Han Solo, but it did take me out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. his his demeanor and everything felt like he was he was putting on the thing that they wanted him to put on. Yeah. So it was a, so it was Solo, and I I actually think he might be kind of close to his height, but he's just not. Harrison Ford sort of has like a longer thing to him, he, you know. You know, Harrison Ford is. And, and 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 to be fair, I think this is so much like my childhood. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be the guy from my child. I, ah. I know, and I'm going to be fair with that. Like, I think this kid's a good actor. I don't, yeah. and, and, I, and I and and I agree. It could have been horribly miscast. Right. And to that point, to kind of verify your point a little bit, I had a friend of mine. And I was talking to her, and she said, "Oh God, that kid was awesome. He looked like Harrison Ford. He had the smirk, the hair. It was great." And I went, "All right. Well, I mean, maybe it's just." In all fairness, that's where you're going to come down on this movie, whether you liked it or not. If you if you see this kid and go, oh, that's awesome. Boy, I was watching a young Han Solo. It was great. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like me, like, nope, don't buy it. I'm out. You know what you were also watching? Woody Harrelson be Woody Harrelson right. in the movie. <laughs> I thought he was delightful. I thought that was... I think I think I don't know that 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 made a lot of sense to me. The casting and the way he played it, while it was Woody Harrelson, yes, it felt like a fit, it's and it a, felt like oh, it's a, the Woody Harrelson from The Hunger Games. Oh no, it's Woody Harrelson from Planet of the Apes. It's all Woody oh no, Harrelson. it's it's all Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and, and I did, and I did like the sort of prequel, like oh, how did we get here? Like oh, there there was these. These like basically drug cartels, you know what I mean? Yeah. These like crime mm-hmm. bosses fighting, and how did the rebellion start? We got a taste of that. That stuff was cool, the and, and all the Easter eggs. But I again, and there was times I was bored. There was times yeah. I was in the theater like eh, right. the music bored me. That yeah. was the that was the hardest for me. Mm-hmm. It was the the score was it just wasn't up to par with the with Rogue One, which I thought was really great, and I don't think John Williams did that one, but I thought it was really, really good in Rogue One, but in Solo, I felt just a different vibe. Yeah. It's like half there, and that's that more than anybody's performance or the script or any continuity issues, like anything that other people that I've heard of, or Alden, um, all, all that I really, my biggest complaint was the music. So that that made it feel like at times not a Star Wars story. Well, that's the thing. You you bring up a great point. Like I was so fired up for Rogue One. I loved Rogue One. And a lot of people were like, yeah, we knew what was going to happen. I go, yeah, but it was so cool to see how we got there. And yeah. you also introduced a ton of <sighs> d- uh, new and interesting characters. Um, you're not introducing younger versions of characters right. we already know. So I think that plays a huge part of it. And I um, love Billy, the Billy D, you know, um, um, what is it, Danny Glover? Donald Glover. Donald Glover, Glover I yeah. I call him Danny. <laughs> Donald Glover, I loved him as a young Lando Calrissian. Yeah. I love the, car, the the poker scenes. Him yeah. I bought more than, yes. uh, than a young uh, Han Solo. Uh, but it, it's interesting, too. Like, we talked about it before. It, and it, and we, by the one way, we are going to do a spoiler up on yes. the show. Don't, don't worry. Rogue One is a great comparison of like, uh, I like Rogue One better as well, because first of all, I thought it had a, more, a better story, more interesting uh, versions of the characters, because these are characters we haven't seen before. Like, I'm ready for new characters in Star Wars. Even if it's set as a prequel in a timeline, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm still compelled. And I thought, you know, and the, the way that that movie unfolded, I thought was much more interesting than this was like, all right, we're just hitting the Star Wars beats that we have to hit for Han Solo for this movie. Well, Ari, so how did you, how were you 
coming into the movie? What were you bringing into it? You're a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. Uh, and a huge Han Solo fan. Um, just did the whole musical right. around him, too. So it's probably your favorite character in the whole universe. Bib Fortuna is my favorite character the whole universe. Right. <laughs> just because, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you know? And uh, it, there's also this thing of, uh, I don't know. I, have, I really detest Boba Fett, so... I like Han Solo in the way of you like your rival's rival. Um, right, right. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like the Boba Fettification of the, of the world right now. Um, but <laughs> but um, look, I really, I did, I did youth theater with an Alden Ehrenreich who was so much, I mean, we were both so young. He, I mean, I barely remembered I did it until one of the ladies in the youth theater posted on a Facebook group like, Alden was in this play with you, and I saw me and him. So I don't remember him, but ever since that happened and I have people connected to him, I like was really excited to see how he did, because the first time anybody in my generation as an actor has like gotten a role like that. So I was really excited to see what he could do with it, and I didn't want to mentally set him up for failure. I wanted to <laughs> give, give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt when I could. And yeah, a lot of people really bought it into it. I, it took me out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. they, they, I just feel like he was framed wrong sometimes. Right. And I feel mm -hmm. like there was, there's Howard. also some, yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel you there. I get you. Narrative <laughs> over whatever. I feel you. Um, He's not going to let it go. No, I'm not. No, no, no. no, I, no. I, and, and there's valid points. <laughs> there's holes in every filmmaker's armor. Um, uh, but I, I went in. Do you really, really have to wear a hat that says director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny or die. It's funny or die. He's doing a spoof. He he. I wanted to see, really, if they were going to implement anything from Chewie's family. That was the that the, all the the canon was set up through the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh yeah, so I wanted uh, to uh -huh. see if they were going to um, honor that part of the canon. That's really why I watched the movies mostly, and they're always going to get my money is because I want to see how much of the canon from uh, Clone Wars, which some of it we we learned through a thing we can't talk about, happened. Yes, um, <laughs> but but there's there's stuff like that where I want to see how much of other writers' work that has been a part of this massive thing mm -hmm. gets implemented in in a story like this and does it get implemented in a way that um, adds to whatever the narrative is that you're telling and like you said I agree with you it feels like there was a bullet point list of things that they said what is Han Solo without right. the person without an actor playing it yeah it's Harrison Ford yeah it's this sort of um, I, I don't know I, we call him a swashbuckling rogue a bunch mm -hmm. in, in our play mm -hmm. it's this character but what are the things that everybody knows about him? And it's like, don't get cocky, kid. I got a bad feeling about this. Right. Like, how do we answer all 80 yeah. of these things that everybody feels? How does it then we have a, a movie first. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's like how they decided to make the movie. Mm. And it almost feels like if they, after they wrote the movie, all the filler stuff to that, if they just deleted all the Han Solo stuff <laughs> and gave him a new name or made him a woman or made him an alien that was like interesting to watch, we could have used that character as a window into the cool stuff that you said. Right. right. Um, and that is more where I feel like the movie could have gone. I felt like it was a really cool movie about a space smuggler in the Star Wars world. Right. But when we found out it was Han Solo and every time I was reminded <clears throat> that it was Han Solo, mm -hmm. it felt like... But it ain't, it ain't, and right. not only is it not, but you're kind of telling me that it is instead of showing me that it is. Right. And that was, 
God, hard. You, just, you know, you just, I just, I just got chills thinking of this. What if they would have done the movie this, like you said, just they talked about a smuggler, and then at the end of the film, just, oh hey, I'm who are you? I'm Han Solo. <gasps> Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, this is how we got into the smuggling you, world. You and, know? Yeah. and that would have made the marketing department have a heart attack. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah, but that would have been obviously a much more interesting mm-hmm. uh, uh, way to uh, approach it. Now, it's interesting you were talking about canon because Star Wars is very broad because you have the films, you have novels, you have video games, you have uh, TV shows. So, Animated. Yeah, and yeah. And so, the, the old Marvel comics where they got... The, that's true, too. The, yeah, the then you have... Sky Riders. Yeah, whatever. then you have, you have the old Marvel comics. So, you know, when you navigate, like, well, what's canon, what isn't, some of it is, some of it isn't. Like, there's a lot of uh, things that happened in the novels that completely no. are not considered canon at all. Yeah, c- characters uh, that are amazing that don't exist in right, this world. That can't right. exist in this world mm-hmm. because of the stuff they set up. Um, yeah. So it's cool to see some of the stuff get picked up. Right. Um, so so you wonder too, like I'm sure there's a uh, canon Bible deep inside Lucasfilm and uh, like here's what you can have, here's what you can't have, here's what we're using, here's what we're not using. And uh, it's like, okay, Clone Wars, yes. Um, novel about uh, Luke's Kids, no, you know, <laughs> yeah. Luke's or, family, no, yeah, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna rewrite what the what Han and Leia's kids are too, right, Completely. right. So Turn there's, it it's interesting. Like, uh, it, it's almost like sometimes the novels become fan fiction. Yes, <clears throat> that's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's why we felt okay to do a to do like a fan fiction parody musical, right, and not like reach out because there's a lot of other properties out there that. As far as like parody musicals go, there was we were baited by like literally the MCU, the title MC Musical, a Marvel cinematic parody right. musical. Like it's a better title than Solo Must Die. But it feels like that's not ours. Whereas Star Wars, I think when they when they decided to sell it to Disney, and there was so much speculation, there was more marketing and content about the movies that were going to come out. Then after the movie came out, like for that first one, and it oh the anticipation absolutely, and it totally changed. I saw the fandom change. I was a part of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It, Everybody became more calloused, and they wanted it to be something else, and they felt pandered to. And you know, it there's pain in that when you love something so much. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pain. So it's it's weird. That's why there's a documentary like The People versus George Lucas. I mean, I think it is (laughs) nothing more, no other world has this sort of emotional connection to it. And then, the, like you say, the pain of being felt let down by the prequels. Or well, the- you, would, you would mention to it too, Graham, you would said that, uh, you know, these are movies that we grew up with as kids. Like, you know, we saw the original Star Wars in the movie theaters. We're a few years older than you. So, uh, but, you know, for someone like your age that, you know, your introduction to the first three films wasn't in the movie theaters. I, you didn't wait in line to, mm-hmm. you know, go see them no. in the movie theaters. And as so. a small kid... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're watching the original movies, which yeah, have hokey, you know, Saturday matinee stuff in them, but serial then also stuff, yeah. serial stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and and quippy dialogue, and even some of it a little sexist, like "Look, sweetheart," you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But but then also it has, um, it has Buddhism in there. It has the Force. It has like, it has, don't go to the dark side. Those it messages. It has Eastern philosophy in it. Eastern yeah. philosophy in it. Those messages were so big for me as mm-hmm. a kid. Anger, revenge. That's the right. dark side, man. I was an yeah. angry kid, mm-hmm. and it was like, 
don't go down the dark side. It was always, that has stayed with me. It's amazing how many, like, uh, like little comparisons and allegories that, you know, the first movie had. It was like, well, it's a Western in space. Well, it's action. It's fantasy. It's uh, it's all it's, these it's things. The it's, it's the fortress. It's the fortress. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's the searchers. It's, a, it's the, yeah. I mean, it's like every, yeah, it's everything. Like, everything. Yeah. It's, it's every, you know, all these different comparisons. Although I, I, I recommend everyone listening to this podcast um, that is a Star Wars fan, watch The Fortress, the uh, Kurosawa movie. I always say, yeah. I always say this. I go watch The Fortress and watch The Searchers. Yes. Those are two classic iconic yeah. movies that Lucas drew a lot from. Right. And it's just like, wow. You see, you watch both of those movies and you go, oh, that's why it is a Western with an Eastern philosophy <laughs> message because he drew from yeah. those two films. And yes. it's just like... Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And put them together in an amazing way and uh, kept the toy rights. Yeah. So. <laughs> Smart. That they were like, who's going to buy toys for this? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, like, um, yeah. I'm sure somebody at Fox got fired over that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. Well, then we will be exploring this more on the uh, spoiler app. Okay. Let's go to the next movie. There were other movies. Yes, there, there were. We, uh, we, uh, go ahead. I say? Please. I grew up with the prequels. I saw the prequels in theaters. Oh. I grew up with the letdown. Yeah. So I've, wow. been, I've been that generation of watching with your parents. Your parents going, it wasn't. This isn't the shit that we, this, <laughs> don't, don't, just pretend like this isn't it. Yeah. And like. Political intrigue and espionage, like at like six, and then lightsaber battles, and um, I don't know, man. It's it, there was so much action. Th- that's what I appreciate for Solo. I will say this: that's what I appreciate in Solo is that there's so much more action than in any of the prequels, and at yeah. least they're getting that right. Yes. No, they got that right, man. Yeah. They did. The prequels are just like, what right. are you doing? But this had action. Yeah, it, it had did. cool characters. It had the Easter. And eggs. I, I will say the action was actually shot pretty well yeah. like i thought i thought it was um i thought it was well edited and mm-hmm. and well shot i will say this about that now normally we don't uh complain about a dp but this movie was dark like it was too dark i'm watching this movie thinking okay well my eyesight is going i'm in my late 40s my eyesight is going and then uh, uh i'm watching it again and then I'm like, no, it's actually shot dark, like not dark content, dark literally brightness yeah. wise. Because then in a, um, um, an exterior scene comes up, I'm like, oh, that's what this movie should actually look like. But all the interiors are shot way too dark. You can't see any of the detail or anything. You can so. see the outside of the, you can't see, maybe it's because he doesn't look like Harrison. <laughs> I mean, I know that's weird, but doesn't that sound like a note from somebody who doesn't yes. know how to make a movie but has heard from a million people that the guy doesn't look like Harrison Ford? Right. Well, maybe you should, look, well, the scene's interior. Just turn the dark. Let's go into color correction and just make it a little yeah. bit darker. Yeah. That's but, what it sounded like to uh, me. Uh, stop it down. Watch yeah. American <laughs> Graffiti. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a young Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. You're going to see what he actually looked like at that age. Right. Mm-hmm. This is before Star Wars. Before Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he's tall and he's a badass and he looks like he's been in a fight. Right, <laughs> and this kid hasn't yeah. ever been in a fight. <laughs> I can see it in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's so, a great way of putting it. Yeah. You know, yeah, like Harrison Ford. You look at Harrison Ford, not his character. You look right. at Harrison Ford, and you go, you know, if I were to push his buttons enough, he'd fucking punch me in the face. Even yeah. in his seventies. Yeah, would. in his seventies, yeah. he'd fucking drop you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, you heard like. Um, 
Then he'd get in his plane and go fly away on his plane. I feel like I could push, you know, what's his name? Alden? I yeah. feel like I could push Alden down and he'd go, hey, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's a nice guy. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, from a stance of like, like he's a fine actor. I'm just saying, you look at Harrison. Harrison Ford was a the story, he was a carpenter, right? Yeah. He was in the studio and that whole story. And it was like he stood up and and like like earn the part just being standing there not auditioning just being a fucking carpenter you know what i mean that wasn't a bunch of suits made a decision i mean eventually they got involved i'm sure but he just he was reading opposite the people reading for yeah. han solo and that's that was the how they made the argument for him it was like well it's really this guy it's like full yeah. metal jacket they yeah. hired some actor to be the to be the drill instructor right yeah. and the consultant was arlie emery yeah. who was a fucking marine corps drill, an instructor. drill instructor and he yeah. just did it and stanley kubrick went why don't we what just do, we do, him? What, do, you, do you want the job like yeah, yeah. i'll tell i'll just tell you yeah. where to, when you hear action just go fucking yell at these guys yeah you know? yeah yeah just Man. do what you would do at your job at your job yeah threaten them choke them i don't care yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. right. Let's okay. do a... Sorry, Verb. Victoria... No, no, there's no apologies No, here. no. This not, is a safe place. Not, not in film. <laughs> um, Victoria and Abdul, you saw. Yeah, I um, I flew to New York last week, which was really cool. I did uh, Keith and the Girl. Please listen to that if you haven't. It's a cool episode. And then I also did their... Um, First time you ever did stand up podcast? Oh yeah, I did that one too. I that was that's a great it. one. That's uh, oh, what my opening line. My opening line. Yeah, which you it was really cool. And so they, yeah, I think they dropped ours simultaneously, like yeah. right next to each other, so you could so, uh, hear those. Yeah, and they ask really cool questions, and they they're and then they say like, "What would you tell a young comic?" And I'm like, "Oh wow, this is. I wish I had something like this." It was why when those shows on Ha, like Inside the Comedy Mind and Alan Havey's show came out where there was like comics talking to prof other professional comics about the craft of it. And mm -hmm. I, as a young comic, was like, oh, this is awesome. So that's what that was really cool. And then I did the Hot Mess podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had her on, <laughs> Yeah, too. with Andrea. <laughs> so that was really, uh, I, I did, and I was on Nikki Glazer's uh, You Up uh, with Nikki on uh, Comedy Central, Sirius XM Radio. Mm -hmm. So I was, I did, you a did quite a tour. So let's, so listen to all that. So I flew out there. That's why I'm watching movies that came out a while ago. And Victoria and Ab Abdul, I wanted to see this when it came in the theater. Mm -hmm. There are some definitive sort of paint by numbers biopic. It's based on a true story of Queen Victoria. Now, I will say this. This is generally the type of movie that you don't seek out. No. It's uh, it's period piece, elaborate costumes. Yeah, a lot of accents. Court intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a six-hour flight to New York, Chris. What am I going to do? Can't read the whole book. My eyes got tired. Yeah, court intrigue. <laughs> Yes, so you're right. That's why I had to wait till I was on a plane to see a movie that came out a year ago. Oh, so, 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 but it's not bad. Mm -hmm. These are two really good actors. You know, Judy Dench is she's she's Judy Dench, and all of the you know the Brit actors that running around. Oh my, the Queen is requested like all of that mm -hmm. court intrigue as you spoke about. <laughs> yeah, there's some ridiculous bullshit in it, but it was mm -hmm. pretty. It was it was interesting, and. They're showing this is the, it's kind of relevant because it's the beginning of the end for the English Empire. It's the late 1800s. Um, they, you know, India is, is in the beginnings of like, hey, we're sick of this hundred year old 
occupation. Occupation. <laughs> We're kind of getting tired of oh. it. And there's, there's, and it's the relationship between Queen Victoria and um, Abdul is the, um, what is, is he, he the leader? Like no, the no, he wasn't no. a leader. He was just a, and they, he was a guy that worked. Um, in the prison system in India, and okay. was requested to present this coin to her or something, and they just mm-hmm. they just wanted an Indian, you know, they just, right. So, um, or a Hindu, and mm-hmm. he developed this relationship with her. You sort of see that she's just, you know, this figurehead, and and you know, they I'm sure they took a lot of liberties with what actually happened and created. There was a lot of stuff. I'm like, that looks like a Hollywood scene. <laughs> um, Rewrite, yeah, but. <laughs> But it's you know it's interesting and and there's very they're they're both really good actors mm-hmm. and uh, it's a, it's one of these movies that like if you're like me you're not gonna go seek this out it's 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 not bad on a plane or if you're just looking for a movie to watch here you right. know what I mean and and you know Judy Dench she's she's always she's never gonna phone it in you know mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. and she's playing she played Queen Victoria actually <clears throat> in uh, 1997 Mrs Brown. And she's one month older than the age that Queen Victoria was when she actually died. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's uh, yeah it's, it's 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 an okay little it's an okay little movie. It's, it's a good plane movie. Good plane movie. Mm-hmm. Great little plane movie. Um, okay, I saw the movie Cargo. Now this is um, a streaming service original film, and um, it was based on a short film Cargo that went viral getting 13 million views on YouTube. Ooh. So that's how you get a feature greenlit, you know, pretty okay. uh, pretty quickly is, okay. uh, you know, get your short film to go viral on uh, YouTube and get, um, I don't know what the cutoff is. Like if somebody's going, get me a short film that's got over 10 million views. Like, is that like, then like, okay, well then now we'll make a feature. But 13 million is a healthy amount for a short film on YouTube. So here's the thing about this movie. It's, it's a very small compact zombie movie Mm -hmm. it's uh basically martin freeman plays a father who gets bitten and is trying to find a way to get someone to take care of his um infant daughter before he turns so that's pretty much i did see i watched the trailer for this and i was like well that's that's interesting that they kind of know there's this 48 hour window and he's got so there's this got a timer literally on his wrist wrist. and uh so it's an interesting premise um, the thing about the movie is that it definitely feels very small, contained, and low budget, and it really feels like, well, the majority of the budget of this film probably went to Martin Freeman. <laughs> so that's really what it feels like. Get one star, and then whatever money's left over, we'll make the movie. <laughs> yeah, and he said, look, I'll give you three weeks to shoot this because yeah, I'm between yeah. massive projects. Yeah, exactly, because it really doesn't feel like it's like, you know, Martin Freeman went, you know, out of everything in my career, this is the movie I've been seeking out and been trying to do for years. Wait, wait, you know? wait, wait, wait. <laughs> How many views? Yeah. 13, 13 million? million. <laughs> That's just the right amount. Of yeah. yeah. <laughs> no more, no less. So, so yeah, he, maybe he came across on YouTube yeah, and yeah. Went, I got to make this. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> and it was an interesting thing. Like, it was an okay movie. It wasn't, it really, it, it was one of those low budget movies that you really felt the low budget part of it where it's like you know if um this movie had more money it could have opened up a little bit more it could have you know become a little bit bigger i I mean i understand like uh you know you got to try to keep it small and contained because ultimately it's a small personal story about a man and his his daughter and trying to save her Uh, but 
uh, at the end of the day, it's like, um, you know, it reminded me of that uh, <laughs> Western cannibal movie with Kurt Russell. Remember when that movie came out a couple years ago? Um, it was a Western, but Bone they were Tomahawk. fighting. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. That yeah. was it. I love that movie. Where, where, uh, but like at the beginning, you see a Western town with four people in it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So yeah, small. yeah, yeah. You couldn't afford an extra budget, right, but right. they still did the movie. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, so you, it really, it, it has those moments of like this could have used another couple hundred thousand dollars. Or <laughs> uh, but, but it's a, it's a decent movie. It's one of those movies too when you have such a great actor of like of Martin Freeman, where he's just so likable, where he elevates the entire film where it could be like oh this is just kind of a exploitative zombie movie but he just brings that humanity to the role and to the entire film so um it's definitely it's a decent movie it's not great it's okay like i said it really feels like it's you know it's martin freeman and uh martin freeman and his budget that made this movie but you know it's an Aust- and it's set in the Australian outback, so there weren't a lot of sets to build. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I know, it's like, where's the desolate place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, we don't have to, you know, do pretty much anything uh, to, except maybe put a couple uh, fences around some abandoned buildings. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, is it, wor- is it worth like you? you it's you just definitely looking something to watch. Yeah, it's it? definitely worth um, you know your time. And I'll tell you, but it, it's the reason it's worth it is because of Barton Freeman. Like, you know, it doesn't bring anything really new or interesting to the zombie genre. Like, it's like, all right, you get bit, you turn, you try to bite other people. Like, there's nothing like, oh, these zombies are really different and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, they try to do some interesting things with the makeup where, like, you know, the you know the secretions kind of cover the eyes and mouth. But that's that's makeup. That's That doesn't – you're not doing anything different to the zombie genre. So, um it's worth checking out, um, mainly, like I said, for Martin, Martin Freeman alone. He, he's just he's just such a good actor, and he's so likable. He's one of those guys that has presence on on the screen that, you know, you could just watch him. It doesn't matter if it's a zombie movie or a Marvel movie. You're just compelled to watch him on screen or, right. if, you know, the, the Fargo TV show. Yeah. Everything he does is just interesting in some way. Going all the way back to The Office, where he yeah. was so likable. So, all right. Last movie, ready? Yeah. Film stars don't die in Liverpool. Another plane movie. Another plane movie. Mm-hmm. This one, I actually is something I would have, I would have, I mm-hmm. would seek out more than court intrigue. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, what was cool is it, it's based on a true story. It's it's a memoir that Peter Turner wrote about he actually. So it's based on a real person. Gloria Graham was this film star. Um, who was like a total femme fatale. She was in The Big Heat in 1953. And what is very interesting is Annette Bening uh, used her performance in The Big Heat as an inspiration for the depiction of her character in The Grifters. Oh, interesting. Which is okay. really cool. Yeah. Um, they did another really cool thing with this movie is when they showed photos or clips of... of um, the real Graham? The real Graham... Mm-hmm. They didn't Photoshop Annette Spenning, or they just showed the movie. They just showed, yeah, they just showed young Gloria Graham, wow. and and that was like, oh, that's. I find that so much more interesting when they do that. Right? Like wow. it's not necessary. Like we we know she's playing this actress. She doesn't have to look exactly like her in in you know old archival footage. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, you know. People, you know, they age, they change, they look different. So it's 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 totally reasonable that, you know, Gloria Graham 
would kind of look like Annette Benning at age 59. Right. You mm-hmm. know, which is what Annette Benning's age was when she played this part, which was like, I don't know, like a year or two older than when, um, uh, making her two years older than when Graham was when she died. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fascinating, because it's it actually happened and it's based on this guy's memoirs, it's this really fascinating thing. He's this y- much younger guy and um, she's in England doing a play and they kind of fall in love and she's... And she's kind of a train wreck, you know? There's an alcohol problem. There's, you know... She a hot mess. She's a hot mess. <laughs> she's had a bunch of different um, husbands and children and all this stuff, and he's just taken with her. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful love story. It really is. Like, And the fact that it's... You know, if, if it was just a, a work of fiction, you might go, oh, I don't know if I believe this or whatever, but it's his memoir... And it was, it was really, it's a really great little movie. And it's one of those things that I think it got a couple of Oscar nominations and it's mm-hmm. worth it. It's worth, it's worth seeing. It's worth kind of seeking out if you want like a cool character driven, you know, biopic indie film with a lot of great performances. Um, yeah. And, and Annette Benning just, you know, she's just tearing it up. She's just like playing this. It really got good buzz, but it wasn't, it was one of those movies that got good buzz, but no marketing. Yeah, I think it's that thing. We talk about this every year, these Mm -hmm. cool little indie films with these great performances in them. And if they don't have a separate budget to push it for award season, it doesn't get anywhere. It doesn't get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard. That's the hardest thing. This, I saw, I saw more Facebook ads for this movie than any of the other movies, but I'd, I'd seen ads for them all. And I watched this trailer. Who plays Peter Turner in it. The the actor that plays Peter Turner, let me look it up real quick. He's he's done a bunch of stuff and he's a he's a fine actor. Um uh, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. From yeah. um uh yeah, he used to be married to Evan Rachel Wood. He's the uh from Turn. He's Billy Elliot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's directed by Paul McGuigan. Um it, it it you know, Jamie Bell does a great job. And like all the supporting characters, like the people who play his parents, his parents are just like, <laughs> that's your girlfriend? Like we grew up watching her, you know what I mean? And and how he's like doing that thing that, that, that people do when, what the movie does a good job of showing is it doesn't matter how, you know, the celebrity status or whatever. If someone's, when someone has an addiction, it's easy for the family or the loved ones to then fall into this really crazy role of giving up your own life to take care of the alcoholic. And it's like, you see that and you see how it really affects his family and his life. And, um, it's just great, the supporting, especially his family, some of the other business people, her, you know, it's really, and the filmmaker does a great job. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to give anything away, but like doing sort of a showing the the two sides of an issue, um, which I, I just really, I, I really enjoyed how he did that. It's, uh. If you go, Paul McGuigan has directed, um, he's done a lot of TV and, you know, he's done Sherlock, he's done episodes of Scandal, you know, he directed the film Push. He directed a, 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 one of my favorite little indie movies is Lucky Number Slevin. Um, he did Wicker Park. You know, he's just a really good 
act uh, director, and I think he he seems like one of those directors that knows how to direct actors, knows how to talk to them, knows how to make those subtle adjustments, knows how to get a little something between take to take. And that's what you see in this film hmm. that I really, it's, 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 I really liked it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right, so check it out. Uh, all right, Graham, we have awesome. a sponsor today. <gasps> Chris, we I'm have so happy. Casper Mattresses, uh, cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing support and comfort for all kinds of bodies. How about that? Uh, and it's a breathable design that helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And they've got three different kinds now. You know, when we first started advertising with Casper, there was just one, not anymore. Uh, Original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. So you can see the differences online. And the other thing that's great is they have affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. Now, Graham, you're still on your Casper mattress. You haven't gotten rid of it yet, have you? I love the Casper Mm -hmm. mattress. I got it, I, I want to say three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Solid mattress, it's comfortable. Came love, in like a real tiny box and then expanded, in, yep, right? you open it up, you got 100 days to, to test it out and send it back free of charge. I love it. It's 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 a 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Yeah, and I was just in New York, so I was sleeping like at a, on a friend's bed and stuff, which was mm-hmm. fine, but it wasn't my Casper wasn't mattress. wasn't your Casper mattress, no. The thing I love when I get home from the road. Yeah, you're like, uh, finally, back to Casper. Back to Casper Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. surfing. And and free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada delivered right to your door in that small, how-do-they-do-that-sized box. And um, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. But, again, not going to let you pay full price. Why would we do that? Are we mean? No. Are we bad people? We're not mean. Not at all. Now, terms and conditions apply. (laughs) On select mattresses, get $50 off by visiting casper.com slash comedyfilmnerds and using comedyfilmnerds as the promo code at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Get $50 off towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash comedyfilmnerds and using comedyfilmnerds at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Boom. Let's get to the Patreon sponsors, Graham. How about it? You know, every once in a while, these do shift per, from month to sure. month, but we understand that. You know, you guys, uh, you know, any support you give for the, at the $50 level is appreciative. Um, and we understand the whole reason we set this up is for like small business owners. Yes. And we realize you have mm-hmm. a limited marketing budget. And so right. maybe you're like, I'm only going to, I can only do X number of months with right. these guys. We get it. We get it. Yeah. So uh, for a red carpet look for a blue collar price, paparazzi jewelry, just five bucks a piece. Go to paparazziaccessories.com slash 89078. The number at the end is important. Support Nadra Connor. I brought a bunch of their samples that they sent me. It's amazing what you can get for $100. So, oh, you brought them with you? I brought them with me. So we can put them in the garage and we'll start shipping them out. Oh, there you go. Well, if you order some CFN merch and we'll give you a little piece of of art. Done. Jewelry. Mm -hmm. Little bonus. And Johnny Rulon is promoting his uh, novel Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. It's a stream of consciousness novel. It follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. Happyhorrorshowproductions.com. 
And our favorite charity, the Audacity Performing Arts Project, produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and the lowest performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Uh, please visit them at cfn.audacityperformingarts.org. cfn.audacityperformingarts.org. Done. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Yeah, man. $50 a month, you support the show. You get your business put out there. Just go to patreon.com slash cfn. Oh, and let's mention something about Patreon, too, while we're here. Um, some of the updates actually weren't getting through. Like, uh, we're putting them at the $2 level. Yeah. Is that right? So so you actually get some exclusive posts that are just for Patreon subscribers. And it's like a lot of the stuff that you see on uh, um, Facebook or Twitter, but exclusive to Patreon. So it'll be anything from a meme to a photo to a poll. It'll be, uh, but like they weren't getting through, but they'll start getting through Yeah, there's some sort of tech yeah, issue with uh, so our social media <coughs> person, Daniel, who was posting and some problem with the app. But we're we're gonna get that fixed, and that's that is taken care of. So now there's gonna be cool, and that's just at the two dollar level. Yeah, a little extra content and then for you, you get guys. Bonus audio and video as you go up the levels from there. So yes. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And all right, we got some trailers to watch, oh, Graham. What's the first one we want? The Wreck It Ralph. Now the new Wreck It Ralph trailer. Ralph breaks the internet. Um, this uh, just came out, and let's watch it. Wait a minute. I think we need to do that thing that we always forget to do is plug it in. Oh, did you uh, did you click on the breakdown? You might have to search on the actual trailer. Oh, I did, Chris. I yeah. Find it. I'm tired of this bullshit. <laughs> All right, go to the next one. Let's start with Night School because right, I <laughs> because I think on the right of Night School you could click and get the Wreck It Ralph one. Right. Yeah, there. See on the right, top right after that, so we can okay. play and do this. All right, Night School. Here we go. Night School. Some dumb ad, which we don't want to watch or have anybody pay attention to. Because no, please things. don't. So uh, close your eyes. <laughs> close your eyes. Avert your eyes. Don't watch this. Don't watch this. Don't watch this. Oh, here we go. Walker, what brings you back to Piedmont? I'm glad you asked. Right now, I have an amazing job in sales. Honk once if you love chicken. Honk twice if you love the Lord. Nice little satire on Chick-fil-A. But I'm here now to get my GED. You would have to go to night school. You're in my house. Are you doing a black voice? No. I don't hear color. Okay, night school people. You're the night school teacher? No, I'm just the bitch that like to wear blouses. Yes, I'm the night school teacher. <laughs> Let's do Tiffany some interviews. Hey, yo, what up? I'm Bobby. We can Skype into the class. Yeah, if you're doing time at the Georgia Correctional Facility. You're next. My name's Jalen. How about you, ma'am? I dropped out of high school, so I wanted to Very get late. my GED before they have to live in Randy's parents' laundry room. My name is Luis. I'm going to become a singer-songwriter. Oh, oh, like Julio Iglesias? No. Not like Julio Iglesias. Ooh, it's gonna be a long semester. That's what's up. She's not like the teachers that we had back in the day. This woman is a brick wall. School policy, if you don't pass that test, you're out. Interesting to see Tiffany Haddish play like a straight life uh, yeah, character. Really? What? Why didn't you wear black? She's, She's got the so rule book. Yellow? Yeah. It's fresh, it's clean. Get your arm out of my face. What you doing? What does it look like I'm doing? You gonna take my car with my baby in the back? There's no baby in there. Right there. When? Wayne. Teddy, the suit you got on is dumb as hell. I am where I'm supposed to be. At a fast food joint next to a strip club. If I stand in the right spot, I can smell cocoa butter and fried chicken at the same time. Take this suit off. You go take this test. I need you to go out there and I need you to stall. No, 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 I can't flirt. And my day was innocent. Now it's all about the butt. I heard a guy say, I'm going to crack that butt like a walnut. Why would you start Stop. there? Wouldn't you want to start in the front? Stop it. <laughs> Are you trying to get your GED? Yes. yes. 
dance is for students only. Get out my way, bitch. Hey, yo, Bobby, watch out. Oh! Oh! Ooh. Please continue with the Pythagorean theory. The issue is you're clinically dumb. I knew it. There's no cure for what you have. Oh, my God. I got learning herpes? There's no such thing as learning herpes. I'm blistering up. <laughs> Teddy. You want to smoke some weed? I'm sorry, what? What's going on, Why are we in a ring? What's the square root of 81? What? What's the square root of 81? I don't know. What you doing, bro? Uh, that's got a Kevin bunch Hart. of comedians and podcasters that we've had yes. on the show. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks fun. It looks, looks like hilarious a fun movie. to me, man. I want to see uh, Marilyn Rice Cup we've had on the show. <laughs> Al Madrigal, who helps run this network. All right. All right, wreck it. Right. I mean, it looks I, funny. I'm excited to see her in big budget movies like that. Yeah, they, it's they a long time her, coming for yeah, Tiffany Haddish. They, they give her a role like that where you know she can handle it. She can make your your stuff funny, and you can. Well, the that, physical nature of that too is cool to see that she's game to do something like that. Well, that yeah, and I like seeing it. You know, we talk about it a lot on the show. How sometimes a comedian cracks through doing a certain thing, and they're never allowed to do anything else. Yeah. And this is like, oh, let Tiffany hat. Usually, she's the problem child or the whatever, and now she's the rule, the taskmaster, but still. Be in funny Tiffany Haddish style. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. Um, all right, here we go. Night school. All right, Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck it, Ralph. Too. Hey, kid, wake up, Ralph. What is wrong Sarah with Silverman. you? Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. Ralph, what is it you're trying to say? We're going to the internet. licensing agreements in here. Miracle I've ever seen. Welcome to the search bar. What can I help you find today? Um, Umbrella. Umbridge. Umami. No. Noah's Ark. No doubt. Nordstrom Rack. Ergonomics. Urban Outfitters. Urkel. I'm pretty sure he's just trying to guess what you're gonna say. My autofill is a touch aggressive today. Let me try. <laughs> Take me to a website that's super intense and really nuts. Oh. I only found one result. Oh, come on, princesses and cartoon characters barf. Hey. Oh. You're coming with us, kid. <gasps> Hi. <gasps> whoa, whoa, ladies, I'm a princess too. What kind of a princess are you? Uh, Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes. What is up with that? She She is is a princess. Nice. Shouldn't it be Ralph wrecks the internet? Yeah, since he is wreck it, Ralph. Uh, yeah, but break the internet, it's like a thing. Right, it's just wreck the internet kind of sounds better, doesn't it? Mm, You're not wrong. 
<laughs> little joke in there about Kim Kardashian's butt covered in champagne. Nice. <laughs> so I love the fact that it's a Disney movie making fun of Disney movies. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. So it looks really fun. I I don't <clears throat> think uh, any of the princesses have been on screen like that ever before in any movie ever. Mm-mm. It's pretty amazing. And how hilarious the social commentary. I know. Like, it's it's, it's you great. You've got to be rescued by a man. Yeah. Which is really calling out that Disney princess mentality that a lot of women are like, wait a minute, I was raised to think all this crazy shit. And it's kind of putting it. It's, I know so many women who are like, it's Disney that put all these ideas in little girls' heads. Yeah. Right. And now they're calling it out yeah. in their trailer. <laughs> That's pretty funny to me, man. What did uh, one of the Supreme Court justices said? Uh, uh, princess is not a job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, they need to get, grow up to be a princess and actually have a job. Um, but what I love, too, is like even just the Disney marketing and the branding. Like when it showed like Disney, you know, the uh, world, it was like each little corner of it was like all right star wars right. marvel muppets you know they, everything that they owned was like they uh they showed which was uh it's hilarious they're making fun of the fact that they own all these properties yeah uh, so did you see the first one i uh, did what did you think of it i loved it i loved it i thought especially i mean i don't know if it has been long enough to talk about like the last moment of the movie uh, yeah when, yeah where he's, <laughs> when he's falling in and wearing his head and he's falling down sort of the Hero's journey. You have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice yourself and give of yourself to really be a hero for the first. I thought that was really cool to, um, for you know, for this generation of kids to see that. And also, John C. Riley's voice is so, you know, he's good. He's perfect. Yeah. He's yeah. just good. Mm-hmm. He's good. Yeah. I just love the retro feel of the first one. Like this one feels almost more like Ready Player One. Yeah. Like now we're we're bringing this retro video game character into modern times. Right. The fact that he's going on onto the internet. So. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction here and say it's going to make a shit ton of money. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's being also released on that Thanksgiving weekend when all the uh, kids are off from school. So it's the, this is going to be like, you know, once again, the Disney has like another Avengers <laughs> movie later in the year. And this will be after The Incredibles. So it's, you it's, know, they're just, they're, they're making blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster uh, in the same year. I mean, yep. I, you know, between uh, just the movies they released this year, you know, they haven't really had a a, a flop yet with the, with these big budget movies. I mean, we'll see how Ant Man and Wasp does, but I'm, it's still going to do fine. Right? It's not going to tank. So yeah, they haven't had a big blast, a blockbuster tank Mm-mm. in a while. Like you know, Solo quote didn't live up to expectations, but you know what? Still made hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, worldwide. Yeah, I think it's still doing okay. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) no worries about it. Didn't come in at a billion, (laughs) right? Yeah, this is going to do 300, 400 million. All Mm -hmm. right, I think people will survive over there. But don't worry, you still got my money, (laughs) right? (laughs) And Deadpool around when you release. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm giving you money every weekend. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. even (laughs) even when Fox makes money off of Deadpool, Disney still makes money because they still ultimately own the character. When is Disney going to buy Movie Pass? That's the big question. I know. Before well, it have to happen before it goes bankrupt. Yeah, you're right. You're (laughs) right there too. Kind of close. (laughs) Yeah, probably tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. All my friends use yeah, it. That's it's not the, a, not a great. I've, I've started using yeah. it. It's not a great business model. They uh, they said that you know people that buy it they hope they only use it once a month, 
if you only go to the movies once a month, you're not buying movie pass. You're not buying movie pass. Yes. And uh, the other thing they were hoping to is people would buy the subscription and then forget about it. I'm like, that's a terrible business model. Why would so, you say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell people about so what PayPal It's great you have does. a lot of subscribers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's great you have a lot of subscribers, but uh, you're, by the way, business model, not sustainable. Not sustainable. Uh, so, okay, DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, three disappointing films on this list. Um, a Wrinkle in Time. Uh, I was really disappointed in this movie. I felt it was a real wasted opportunity. Ditto. And it was one of those things where the book is so rich and has such dark themes in it. Like, why would you not translate into that into the film? And they didn't. So, um, but, you know, Ava DuVernay, it's um, great to see. Again, this is when we get into uh, diversity and fairness in the industry. She made a uh, bomb. Now she'll get to work again. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's, that's when we've, that's really, when we've but, reached yeah. parity. When is, a black uh, when woman an, can direct a movie that yeah. doesn't do well and keep yeah. getting and hired. Keep getting, and keep getting work. Because she's yeah. a fine director. I mean, she's yes, done she great is, stuff. Sure. And, and mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing where I'm not making excuses if she made some bad decisions or whatever. But like on a giant movie like this, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff Right. That a director would have to deal with. The um, the costume budget alone on Wrinkle in Time was probably more than Cargo's entire budget. <laughs> <laughs> um, next movie, Death Wish. Oh, come on. Uh, yeah, the remake with Bruce Willis. <laughs> I, uh, um, Neil saw this movie and Neil was like, you know, no, no, it was terrible. Movies yeah. like this actually yeah. need to pray that Movie Pass doesn't go out of business. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> this yeah. is the thing you're like, if I got nothing to do and I got to right. kill time and it's like, and oh, well, damn, it's, I'm know, not going to buy a ticket for this. No. Yeah. Well, and like, well, I've already paid for my month. I'll, I'll go see Death I'll Wish. I'll go see Death Wish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> movies like Death Wish. Myself. Are real, it's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same. I mean, what, it's a remake, but also, is it, what's different about this than like Bullet to the Head, the Stallone movie? You oh, know any I mean? of yeah. those. It's like it's yeah. sort of the same. I got it. I, I yeah, yeah. Well, when this movie came out in the seventies, it was when like, as they've traced it now to lead, right? Lead was making decades of lead. People were going nuts. Crime was like kind of a little bit out of control. So there was all these like take control, you know, take back the street movies, and now it's like you know, it was Charles Bronson? I mean, right. I mean, what, what? it was a different time. Yeah. This is. So it's a it's a really weird thing that uh, that movie got made, and the next again weird thing that movie got made, but much larger budget because you have a hurricane in it, Hurricane Heist. I love how like you know what's a better title, Hurricane Heist, not. The Hurricane Heist. You know, these DVD VOD releases are basically telling you, you know what, go back and see Black Panther Deadpool again. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, like, yeah. There, there's plenty of stuff, stuff in, in the Infinity movie theaters. Stuff in Infinity War you missed, yeah. you should go see mm-hmm. it again. Or if you're on a plane, there's also better choices. Yes, yeah. you, mm-hmm. should, you should go watch, go watch film stars don't live mm-hmm. in Liverpool, die in Liverpool, whatever. Just something yeah. about Liverpool. Um, so now we got a, uh, on the site Spotlight and the fan p- feedback, we got a great um, email uh, from... Um, Gabriel, and it says, I'm listening to your Deadpool spoiler episode on my Overcast app in which you mentioned nobody uses your app anymore. Since capitalism has bred cynical contrarianism in every fiber of my being, I bought your app just to spite me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even bother pausing Overcast to continue the episode in the CFN app. So, <laughs> and uh, he put a couple more reasons in the email. No, why? Well, he goes, why am I sp- <laughs> spending all this time to email you about this? A few reasons. One, I have about 45 minutes left of my workday before Memorial Weekend. Who's productive in a situation like that? 
Uh, two, I'm hoping Graham appreciates the socialist underpinnings of my sarcastic millennial stream of consciousness nonsense. <laughs> yes, the answer is correct. Yes, I do. God bless you. And three, I love the po- I like the podcast and just wanted to pass on my appreciation. That is much appreciated. Look, we'll take uh, spite purchases too. <laughs> Absolutely. Wanna, We're happy with you those. You want to hate buy? Yeah, yeah. It. Please do. Visit the store. You'll get a free piece of jewelry. <laughs> Uh, I saw Deadpool 2 yesterday, and I'm another goon out there trying to emulate Ryan Reynolds' performance in a misguided effort to stave off existential dread. And uh, the last uh, reason, Murica. So all the best, Gabriel. So Gabriel, thank you for your, uh, I hope email. you had a fantastic Memorial yes. Day weekend. I hope it was fun <laughs> and full of Murica and socialism. Yes. Um, so, you know, the rest of you listening, please buy the app out of spite. Out of spite. Something <laughs> out of, out of um, cynical capitalism. Yes. Uh, and now premiering this week, this is, uh, the movie's coming out Friday, Ocean's 8. Um, you know, I gotta say, I'm not that excited about this movie. I've seen multiple trailers, and, but I will say this, it has nothing to do with the cast or the all-female reboot. I never really loved the original Ocean's movies. <laughs> you know, the, you know, I, I, I like heist movies, but there was always something about them that just I found slow and just kind of plodding. The, 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 the Ocean's mm-hmm. movies are just total popcorn movie. I mean, they're just they're yeah. just you know haircuts and and quippy talk and yep. cool music. Mm-hmm. And if that's what this, I mean, you know, and the structure is always the same. Everything's leading up to one heist, and oh, will they get caught? Yeah, you know. And then we're stretching this out to close to two hours. Crazy switch at the end. I'm yeah. guessing <laughs> could be. I'm excited for that movie just because it could, it sort of asks the question: Would women be better at this than men? And I think <laughs> yes, because so much of the Vegas heist initially was charm, like using mm-hmm. a lot of charm, mm. and feminine wiles a big mm-hmm. part of charm. I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I've been stoked to see the movie. It seems, <laughs> it seems like it could be it could be done really really well, and um, you know, it's uh, sometimes these fads. I don't want to call it a fad. It's the changing of the tides, right? But this Ghostbusters reboot that everybody was up in arms about. I really like that, by the way. I dug that, too. But I think that trend of let's do it, but we'll do it all women. We'll do it, you know. Overboard. uh, Yeah, exactly. Which will swap the genders. You don't have to do it all the time. (laughs) You don't have to. But I think sometimes it could work. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tootsie is one of those ideas that like really worked, and I think right. about that as like one of the one of the best comedy movies of all time. But when you hear the pitch, it's almost like I don't want to see that fucking movie. Pardon me. <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> like I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that. And then you watch and you go, oh, mm-hmm. I learned a lot from it. And I think I don't know if I could learn a lot from Ocean's Eight, but I really want to see. I do really want to see it. Stidham approved. Yeah. <laughs> And the next movie is a really creepy horror movie, uh, Hereditary. Like, I saw uh, a trailer on this, and it's kind of this slow burn of a horror movie, like off-putting and kind of unsettling. And, you know, it's kind of like like what I liked about the trailer is it still left it vague. Mm -hmm. Like, is this a ghost story? Is it supernatural? Or is it happening in somebody's mind? Like, but, you know, for a good trailer, especially for horror, to raise those questions is more interesting right. than showing me, oh, this is exactly what happens through the first three-thirds, two-thirds of the movie. So so it was, it, it piqued my interest. Tony Collette? Is that who that is? Is that uh, a Tony yeah. Collette movie? Mm-hmm. 
And the She's next great. movie is awesome. uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? This is the Fred Rogers documentary. Can't wait to see this. Grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I, I grew up watching it, too. I saw the trailer, and it looks awesome. It looks like also another thing of like, you know, when you're a kid watching it, you're just like, oh, there's all these cool characters. And then you watch mm-hmm. this, the, at least the trailer. It's like, oh, no, he was... He was, you know, breaking barriers and he yes. was showing all of these little subversive things. Like mm-hmm. in the trailer, there's this scene about there was a pool, I think, in Baltimore or something where they some public pool and they wouldn't let black kids swim in there. So then he then there's a scene where him and the, the mailman, I forget the mailman's name, who was a black guy. And they're like, oh, let's we're, let's put our feet in the pool. And they're just like, right. And as a little kid, you're just watching this thing like, well. That's normal. Cool. That's how it should Everyone's be. Everyone's in yeah. a pool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's he's basically saying he's showing and what he's doing is like it's ridiculous to say a certain group shouldn't be in a pool. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and he did it in such an innocent childlike way that it really, you know, it obviously impacted us. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's what we grew yeah. up on was that and the hippie Sesame Street and Now, I I will say this. This is a good um, example of, like, we talk about how release strategies work. Like, this is the perfect kind of movie. Like, does it really need a wide theatrical release before it goes to on-demand and DVD? Like, like I would watch this on-demand this weekend if it came out. Like, like this is the the perfect kind of movie that would benefit from a simultaneous release. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the strategy is, but that's definitely how... Because do you need to see it on a big screen? It's you know. My it's guess is they're TV they're icon. they're going. Hey, let's angle for an Oscar. Right, now. right, for sure. In yeah. June. Mm-hmm. And it's also that type of movie that has a good shot because there's two Oscar documentary types that have a good shot of of getting the Oscar. One is one that makes you feel horrible right. about the world and everyone living in it. Yeah, it's all everything's yeah. collapsing. Yes, <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. documentary. Yeah, or the one which that, is what uh, earbuds is. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, the, it's literally the other side of the spectrum where it just makes you feel good about humanity. Right. Like, there doesn't seem to be an in-between for Oscar documentaries. Like, well, no. the ski can kind of feel good about it, but there is a problem. No, that will never get a nomination. That's not going to get a nomination. <laughs> you have to be one or the other. So, and the last movie coming out is Hotel Artemis. This is a weird movie where it feels like um, they took the hotel scene in John Wick and said, let's make it a hospital. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we'll make an entire movie around it. You know, it's some like gangster hospital that everyone's yeah. trying to shoot him up. And mm-hmm. I, all right. There's no guns in this gangster uh, hospital. Okay. Mm, chances are in another 20 minutes there will be. You know? Yeah. Jodie Foster's the head yeah. Yeah. gangster nurse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Gangster nurse. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, it is a very um, interesting lineup this weekend. So, uh <laughs> You know, it, it's uh, there's definitely some counter-programming for all of the giant Disney blockbusters that are all in the theater right now. Like, literally, you could see Black Panther, Infinity War, or Solo. You know, that's probably half the screens at your multiplex yeah. right now. Deadpool 2. And Deadpool yep. 2, yeah. Yep. So there you go. Wow. That, that is definitely half the screens in your multiplex then. So, and this will, will take up the other half for a couple of weeks, and then it'll go back to those four. <laughs> Well, that's our show, everybody. 421, halfway to 842. Um, <laughs> uh, Ari, uh, thank you for doing the show. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you online, or what are you pitching? What do you got going on? Um, so on- now Scorpion's still on the air, though. No, right? no, no. Oh, Scorpion, it's- we got canceled um, when? Gosh, May? 
beginning of like May 13th or 12th. Are there reruns or is it just pulled? pulled? It just pulled it. They pulled it okay. from the schedule. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So, sorry to go. Have Chris. a good I'm night. No, no, no. I was, I, was trying, <laughs> no, no. I was trying to find that silver lining in there. <laughs> no, no, Got any great. questions about my divorce or foreclosure, Chris? I haven't talked about no, that it's, enough. <laughs> it's No, it's the industry. It's it's it's. It's groovy. Um, every, everything's everything's great. Yeah. You can find me I, on I, Instagram. I, I got it. Scorpion, now available on DVD. Yes, now okay. available on DVD, <laughs> Amazon VOD. Um, I'm on Instagram at Ari Stidham. My website, AriStidham.com, mm-hmm. has short films and new content I, I throw up there from time to time. There's a collection of short films up there right now based on a character I do called Lou Evelyn Rivers. And then my movie, Curse of the Siren, is on Amazon right now. A low-budget B-horror movie. You guys mm-hmm. probably dig it. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Awesome. Now, uh, what did you do on that? Did you write direct? I wrote directed, and I produced. I wrangled basically wrangled the movie with all of my friends, mm-hmm. um, and we shot it at my house and like, two and a half weeks with some of the people from Scorpion. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah, it was super fun. Mm-hmm. Super fun. It's, it's like the first feature that we made of three that we've made at my house that are all low-budget horror, and this one's more campy and comedy-centered. What's the, the uh, premise? A siren stalks a house party of teenagers and picks them off one by one. She sets up shop in their pool. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't take itself seriously. It's a, it's a fun... Fun 72 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, yeah. thanks for doing the show, you guys. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Progressive Comedy Tour with Ron Placone and myself, June 20th through the 24th. We're going to Nashville, Huntsville, Alabama, Asheville, North Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, and Atlanta. Go to GrahamElwood.com for tour dates. And, uh, yeah, Make Gotham Great Again shirts are available. Yes. At the... Uh, the Comedy Film Nerd store. At the Comedy Film Nerd store. Check that out. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what we got cooking. Right? So, and uh, I want to mention, too, for those of you that backed uh, long ago and far away, that my graphic novel, uh, we got the final proof today. So we're on final notes and then digital rewards will go out very soon and then uh, we'll get it printed and get the physical rewards out to you guys. Oh, I know what I want to say. I submitted um, for just one episode. I couldn't submit the whole series of the FNX Comedy Experience for Variety Special uh, pre-produced and I did episode two, The Ladies of Native Comedy. So if you are an Academy of Television uh, <laughs> Arts and Sciences, Arts and Sciences <laughs> voter or know someone that is, Please turn them on to this episode. The episode is available at fnx.org or the First Nations Experience Facebook page. You can watch it. It's all uh, Native American stand-up, female stand-up comics. Yeah. It's never been done before. Get Graham an award. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. Help uh, support Native Americans. The CV series has never happened before. This is groundbreaking. And if we can get a... Uh, an Emmy nomination. We'll get more exposure to all these amazing Native comics, many of whom we've had on this show, who, uh, as Sheila Shalaki said, we, it, the cool thing about the show is they're not, they're getting on TV without having to do leathers and feathers. Mm-hmm. So uh, go watch that show and post it on your social media and tell them that this needs uh, an Emmy nomination. There you go. Done. That's our show. Ari, thank you. Aaron, Thanks again. thank you. Han Solo, thank you. Um, and now rewind and listen to the song again at the beginning. <laughs> song. It's a funny song. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.